Alleluia, Christ is risen. such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you, that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. And Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. The word of the Lord.
reading from the first letter of John. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ who has been born of God and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth, the word of the Lord. Thank you.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Someone's having fun at the organ today. <laughs> Always a good thing. <laughs> I heard a story some years ago about a man who was traveling on business in a part of Asia where there are not many Christians. And he was in a major city and was beginning to look for a gift to take home to his wife. And he passed a jewelry store and noticed in the window there were some crosses. And he thought how, how interesting and how special to, to get a cross in a place that there are not many Christians. And so he thought, this is just the thing. And so he went in the jewelry store and saw the shopkeeper and said he was interested in the crosses that were in the window. And the shopkeeper looked at him and said, certainly, sir, what kind are you interested in? A plain one or one with a little man on it? <laughs> A plain cross or a cross with someone on it could in some ways sum up not only an enormity of perspectives on art history, but also a whole range of understandings of theology. In the Eastern Church during the 8th and 9th centuries, Christians argued over whether it was appropriate to picture Jesus on a cross. Those arguing against it worried about falling into idolatry. Again, during the 16th century, Protestant mobs often replaced crucifixes, those crosses with bodies on them, the cross with Jesus on it with a plain cross, increasingly more stylized and elegant, believing that the so-called plain cross was more appropriate. I remember in college, a, a cynical evangelical friend of mine, which is a good mix to begin with, uh, <laughs> used to say, oh yes, they will know we are Christians by our jewelry. Martin Luther, who was credited as beginning the real Protestant Reformation, though there were smaller bursts of reforming spirits before and after, uh, Martin Luther never forbade the use of images. In fact, in the city church of Wittenberg, where Luther often preached, one of the altarpieces there shows Luther preaching and pointing to a crucifix that has sort of materialized in front of the people. Luther's own words make this acceptance of images and pictures clear. Luther said, God desires to have his works heard and read, especially the passion of our Lord. But it is impossible for me to hear and bear it in mind without forming mental images of it first in my heart. For whether I will or not, when I hear of Christ, an image of a man hanging upon a cross takes form in my heart. If it is not a sin but good to have the image of Christ in my heart, why should it be a sin to have it in my eyes? 
Our own church, like many churches, has a mixture of images. Our cross on the main high altar that's been here for years and years, some of you perhaps know the story behind it, um, is in the form of what's often called a Celtic cross, the cross with a sort of circle around it, uh, so-called Celtic because it became popular in Ireland and Britain, especially in the early Middle Ages. Also, it's probably here in part because it reminds us as Anglicans of our church's roots in that part of the world. But the stained glass over the window goes the other direction in an extreme way. There's no missing the body. It's the crucifixion, and there's nothing stylized about it. Jesus is there, front and center. We have the crucifix up high over the altar. Again, its provenance is not extremely well known. It may be Spanish. We're not sure. What we do know is it's extremely heavy. <laughs> but there's no missing the body on the cross. And now we have a new cross, a new crucifix that will be in our memorial chapel. And again, there's no mistaking the body on the cross. But also there's no mistaking that Jesus is alive. He is in charge. He is over all. He is within all. I don't know about you, um, if someone forced me to choose the cross with Jesus on it or the cross without, I'm not sure which I would choose. Again, I don't know about you, but I need both. In my own life of faith, I need both. I need all the various crosses I can get to remind me of Jesus as I swerve and sway in following him. The cross, all the crosses, mark ways for me to return again to a place of balance and faithfulness. In today's gospel, Jesus says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. We could pause there for a long time and think about exactly what that means, to love as Jesus has loved others and loved us. To love as Jesus loved is surely to speak to the stranger and to welcome the outcast. To love as Jesus loves is to notice the ignored and to stand up for what's right, even or especially when it's hard or unpopular. To love like Jesus is to offer healing, to reserve judgment, and to show mercy, always and everywhere to show mercy. And in case we're still not sure exactly what all of this means from Jesus, he continues, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Sometimes we need an empty cross, spare and strong. The empty cross reminds us of the victory of Christ, the victory of God through the cross. He is not there because he has arisen. I have a friend who in his younger years had a tendency of always seeing himself as the victim. In every possible situation, he was being done unto by others. Finally, as he tells it, a wise friend took him aside and said, 
you know, you have a lot more say in things than you're admitting. Why don't you get off the cross? We need the wood. <laughs> the Christian hope involves an empty cross because through it God has worked a wonder, opening the way to eternal life for all of us. And yet, and yet, many of us need a cross with Jesus on it, reminding us of the cost of his way of love. It doesn't just happen. The new crucifix that will be in our chapel is a, is a Franciscan crucifix, not only because it shows St. Francis of Assisi there at the bottom venerating Jesus, but it's also, if, if not even more so, Franciscan in its tone because, as I mentioned earlier, Jesus is alive, strong and alert with purpose and intention, and even there teaching us, loving us, imploring us to love more. The result is the same, resurrection and ascension into the fullness of God's presence. But the cross with the body of Jesus on it reminds us of embodied faith. It's, it's tempting sometimes to live our faith in our heads. We can pray in silence and we can follow Jesus in our heads in a life of intentions. But being reminded of the body on the cross, reflecting on the body of Christ in a crucifix, can work as a mirror for us to remind us that we too are flesh and blood. God has given us these bodies as gifts, gifts capable of prayer and capable of action and capable of service and capable of love. It's what we have. It's where God's love will be made manifest in our world. This is what the writer of 1 John is pointing to when he says in today's epistle that Christ is the one who came by water and blood, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. The water might represent baptism, the waters of baptism that refresh and renew and cleanse and enliven, but that's not the entire story, is it? Christ also comes giving and serving and sacrificing, eventually offering his body and blood in the mystery of the crucifixion. He shows us the way, and it is a way of water and blood. Even on the cross, Jesus says to onlookers, love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. To his mother Mary and his friend John, he says, love one another, always and everywhere. To us, whether we look from far away or close up, Jesus continues to say, love one another. With all you have and with all that you are, love one another. And so trying to love one another, aiming to love one another, praying to love one another, we can pray with St. Francis, both here and in your church throughout the whole world. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. able to stand as we affirm the faith of the Church using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Just a minute, Patsy. Sorry. Start again. Start again. Thank you. <laughs> Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons that they may be glorified ministers of your words and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may be Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let thy perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come share your heavenly Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. We especially pray for Lorraine, Ozell, Jackie, B, Judith, Betsy, Nancy, Vanessa, Christopher, Carolyn. Matilda, Helen, Jerry, May, Cecil, Virginia, Bendio, Elaine, Pat, Evelyn, Brenda, Carl, Sam, Alexa, Tori, Charlie, Fabio Sr., Jeff, 
Ashim, Rebecca, Barbara, Jane, David, Adele, Cecile, and Parker. For those we love but see no longer, and all the departed, we especially pray for Josefina Cardona and Denise Bradley, Carmen Claudio, Milton Harper, Tony Lamebeck, Melanie and Andrew, Bob and Kathy, Ted and Vivian. We pray for people of faith everywhere and especially remember our link parish of St. Stephen with St. John in the Diocese of London. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church and give to us the peace and unity of that heavenly city where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Well, especially if you're visiting, we're delighted you found us and hope you'll keep finding us. Um, please join us after the service for the reception over in Drazel Hall. You can reach it through the cloister or outside across the garden into the next building. There are good things to eat and drink. Um, thanks to everyone who was here yesterday. I can't believe you're back today, but thank you. Uh, we had a street fair, and open house. Uh, most of yesterday, many of you were a big part of that, so thank you enormously. I know some of you like to hear the dollar figure. Um, the, the net as of last night was about $5,500. It'll be a little more than that. Um, as, as you know, the current rector really doesn't care that we make money, um, but what I do care about is all the people having fun in and around our building. So thank you all. Um, uh, Liz led yoga at noon in this space. That was great. Leo Tiburcio led Zumba in the street and then in Drazel Hall. Um, our own team has done tours all day yesterday and they'll do tours today. We're um, listed with uh, New York uh, 
Landmarks Conservancy with their Sacred Sites Weekend. So we'll be open today as well for tours. Um, and thanks to Cleve for the organ demonstrations yesterday, which, um, which leads us into a perfect segue to talk about the Friends of Music campaign. It is the season. <laughs> So unlike the current rector who does not care how much money we make, the current music director does care how much money we make through the Friends of Music campaign, our annual campaign to in part fund our wonderful choir and help with organ maintenance and provide a musician for the six o'clock service. This is a vital function of the church as I think many of you would agree. I hope um, many of you have received a letter or will receive a letter soon. And in celebration of this, we're going to have a wonderful event in two weeks. This is the, um, let me get my date straight. Actually, that's in three weeks, excuse me. It's Saturday, May 26th. We'll be putting out lots of announcements about that. There'll be sort of a soiree over in Drezel Hall with, uh, with shall we say, cocktails and entertainment. Uh, it'll be an evening of music of Bernstein and Sondheim. So if you're a music theater fan, we have music of Bernstein and Sondheim. If you're a classical music fan, we have music of Bernstein. So it kind of fits everybody's bill. Our own Jim Fredericks, who is marvelously accomplished at this sort of thing, is arranging this and directing it for us. It's going to be a wonderful event. And then we have one more thing, which is in two weeks, which is an event celebrating the 30th anniversary of the organ. And we're going to have feature all four organists who were associated with this particular instrument, starting with the man who designed it back in the mid-80s. So hopefully most of you have received a postcard about that. That's Friday, get my date straight, May 18th, 7.30 concert. And uh, I hope to see you all there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cleve. And if we don't bring in enough money, um, I have an idea of inviting all the former organists back, give them microphones, uh, launch a few targeted questions, and let them go. We could certainly charge tickets for that conversation. <laughs> uh, but please come. It'll be glorious music all month long. Um, I mentioned the Mayfair yesterday, and our brand new Holy Trinity Sustainability Committee had folks from the sanitation department there. Some of their freebies and leftovers are in the back on the table. Please feel free to take them as you uh, make your way recycling forth. Um, do read the bulletin announcements. There are all sorts of things going on, and uh, we send that out by email every Thursday. And the email version allows us to put in pictures and links to other things. Um, um, as you notice and know, probably, we have a new icon, and it was commissioned by the folks from All Souls Episcopal Church in Washington, D.C. Some of them are here, and it's, it's moving beyond words, that they're here, that they're a part of this, uh, that Zachary Rosman is here, who, who painted, wrote the icon, who was a student of John Walstead, who wrote our other icon. There are all sorts of little overlapping things that um, can't be made up by humans. And so um, we will simply bask in the Holy Spirit's presence as we are led to, to pray and grow into the future. And so thank you all for um, the various parts you've played in making this day so very special. Um, I'm sometimes in charge of announcements and sometimes not, but that's okay. I, I appreciate your, your, uh, your gesture as always. Um, please know that all those who, who um, 
feel like they want to receive Holy Communion, who feel led to encounter Christ, are welcome to receive Holy Communion. Uh, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself an offering and sacrifice to God.
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is truly right to glorify you, Father, and to give you thanks. For you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light inaccessible from before time and forever. Fountain of life and source of all goodness, you made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day. And beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise. Joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we Claim you, holy Lord, glorious in power. Your mighty works reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our Creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death. In your mercy, you came to our help, so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again you called us into covenant with you, and through the prophets you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you loved the world so much that in the fullness of time you sent your only Son to be our Savior. Incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he lived as one of us yet without sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, to the sorrowful joy. To fulfill your purpose he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave destroyed death and made the whole creation new. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit, his own first gift for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. 
when the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them he took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate this memorial of our redemption, recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand, awaiting his coming in glory, and offering to you from the gifts you have given us this bread and this cup. We praise you, we bless you. We praise you, we bless you. We give thanks to you. Lord, we pray that in your goodness and mercy, your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be holy gifts for your holy people, the bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ. Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. And grant that we may find our inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty God and Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the
the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. All things come from you, O Lord. Prosper our handiwork. O Lord, our God, who created us in your own image, 
You have redeemed us through Christ, who took upon himself our likeness, that he might remake us in his likeness. The word Christ is the icon of the unseen God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were made in heaven and on earth. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior, manifested your glory in his flesh and sanctified the outward and visible to be a means to perceive realities unseen, send forth, we pray, your power upon this icon. Bless and make it holy to your glory in honor and remembrance of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Grant, O Lord, that all who look upon it may be drawn to you and love you with all their heart and all their mind and all their soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, bless and sanctify this icon, transforming its earthly elements into reflections of your heavenly light by the grace of your Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always.
Let us go forth in the name of Christ, alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be